Hi, and welcome to episode three of the Saxophone Academy podcast. I'm Dr. Wally Wallace, and on this week's episode, I chat with my amazing co-host, Dr. Susan Fancher, about what is the right warm-up for you. We talk about a new etude book by Adam Larson, review a CD by J.D. Allen, talk about freelancing, and even answer some of your questions. And if you have any questions for us, hit us up at the website, thesaxophoneacademy.com. Not organizing that. <laughs> I, I understand so, that. Sue, <laughs> <laughs> so it is almost Valentine's Day. Yay! This will be posted after Valentine's Day. Right. What did, what did you get your saxophone for Valentine's Day? What did I get my saxophone for Valentine's Day? You don't? Oh, sorry. I know. <laughs> my husband's lucky if I get anything for him. I'll get something for my daughter. Wait, are you supposed to get something for your spouse? Well, we usually don't Hold bother on. I'll be, I'll with it. I'll be right it. back. <laughs> okay, right back. see ya. Bye. Back in, sorry, back in 10. Sorry, Erica. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on this week? It's well, Valentine's Day week. What you What you doing? <sighs> I'm having a good week. So my students were playing really well yesterday at Duke. Yay. Yay. Congratulations, you know, Duke students. You know what it is? What? There are some performances looming, yep. so that will kick us all in the butt, Fear right? Fear is a powerful oh, motivator. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I got a bunch of music off my music stand last weekend because the Women's Wind Ensemble concert happened, and so that music can go go, in the, oh. go away for now. So anyway. now you're working on new, oh, other goodness. exciting stuff. Oh, yeah. So what's, what's next for you? What are you working on? David Garner's soprano, soprano sax concerto for the NASA Region 7. Okay. I've played it before, so it's relearning. Yeah. So that's good. I'm going to survive it, and it might actually even be good. And then I've got a new piece by Scott Lindroth that I'm playing with the Chompy String right, Quartet. Right, you told me about that, yeah. Um, I got the first draft of the entire part. So you have music now. Yesterday. Yay! Yeah. Ouch. Is it hard? It's really hard. Can you leave out some notes? That's what I do. I don't know. I'm a little nervous, as you can tell. I, I was I spent an hour this morning, you know, just kind of slugging through it or whatever, plowing through yeah. it. I don't know what to say. And yeah, okay. Anyway, okay. then I sent a slightly panicked email to the composer saying, you're okay with a little bit slower tempo, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be good. Anyway, so You'll yeah, rock there's this. always something. Yeah. After that, there'll be something else to worry about. Something. So, you know. Is students still alive? Yeah, my students are good. I haven't killed them yet. They're all nice people. Even when they don't practice, we have good lessons and have Aww. fun. But you know how it is. No, it's, I had horrible teachers a, that would beat me oh, around the head and neck. And Oh, yeah. No, just no. passive aggression yeah. was really yeah. the extent of it. Yeah, I had some pretty tough teachers. But I think by the time I got to those teachers, I was a little older. Not when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I had really gentle teachers Aww. that I wanted I wanted so badly to please that I practiced yeah. really hard just to please them. So fear <laughs> and rapport yes. are the two power. <laughs> and if we can do both, make them love us and terrified of us. <laughs> hmm, I got to work on that yeah. one. Well, my, my students are not afraid of me. Let's come up with personas and then okay. we'll write a book on it. Okay. Teaching with love and fear. Yeah. Sue Fancher and Wally Wallace. How's your week, Wally? It's good. I, I'm going to regale you. I'm not doing anything terribly interesting. Um, but I'm going to regale you with industry news because I, oh, awesome. I know you have <laughs> 35 Google alerts letting you know exactly what's going on in the industry, new products, new recordings. And she's looking at me like, Wally, please shut up. But no, here's, I'm so looking here's, at him like, I am so out of the loop, more, Wally. I need I you to enlighten That's me. That's <laughs> what I'm here for. Yay. Yes, I could tell you that I've I've now you know learned all nine major scales. I could tell you that, but I'm going to okay. keep you in with industry That's news. nine. So okay, awesome. this is also coming from the NAM conference, <laughs> new stuff coming up. You know, the Van Doren MO ligature, which we've talked about, which yes. you, you play on. Yeah. I own a couple of variants. They're quite good. 
pink gold is now available for purchase. Yes. So news alert. Throw away the gold plated. <laughs> throw away the silver. Throw away the lacquer. Throw away the unlacquer. No, give and them I've, to somebody else. Yeah, Don't throw them. Children away. in need. Reads for <laughs> yes, kids exactly. in need. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. The pink gold is now available for purchase. Yay. And I've heard through the grapevine there's an increased depth of sound. Is and that what it is? Yeah, okay. so that's the frequency range of depth of sound. Scientists are still trying to discover that, but no. I'm going to get one then because I need should. help. I know. <laughs> I like to, I poke fun, but I probably will still try it. We got to try it. Yeah. I uh, mean, yeah, that is great. More industry news. Cannonball saxophones. Uh-huh. They have a stone, Big Bell Stone series. I think they're just called the Big Bells. Yeah. Um, But they have, a, a, you can get these in a, just a huge variety of finishes. They got like black nickel. They got a jet black one called the Raven. Yeah. Uh, and they've been out for a while. They got silver plated. They got yeah. unlacquered. They got lacquered. They have a Gerald Albright series, which is some black, some silver. Well, now they have, are you sitting down? I am sitting down. A, a black ruby finish. What? Yeah. It's black, Ooh. but it's also ruby. Ooh. And I can't decide if it looks like a cough drop or I really want one. <laughs> <laughs> but nice I'll, I'll cherry link, cough yeah, drop. I'll put a link in the show notes so people can check it out. And let that us, sounds beautiful. Let us know what you think. Write in. Um, yeah, it, it actually is kind of beautiful. I'll put a, a link of the picture in the show notes. But have you, have you played cannonballs before? I've had them? some students who have had cannonball instruments, and I've tried them. Yeah, yeah. they play really well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm always impressed by if, if you have a good local music store, they can yeah. get them for... Half the price of a good Yamaha. Yeah. Um, so the price is outstanding. Yeah. And so I always, I have no trouble recommending them to students. Yeah. But every time I put it up next to the key work of well, my yeah. Yamaha. But then yeah. I realize it's half the price. But And I'm a Selmer gal, so they're not they're not cheap. But, you know, you buy a good saxophone, you buy it once. Yeah. And you're done. That's true. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So you're done you, until you, you drop it. You buy a cheap it. one, you know, it might be the only one you ever have to buy, but you might have to buy another one later. Yeah, I did. When I was in the army band, yeah. I stretched. Yeah. Long rehearsal. I stood up and stretched and uh, didn't keep my hand on the instrument. It popped off the next strap. And, yeah. And then, you know, yeah. two sax ones. Well, they don't fly. survive very well when no. they No. And then as, the even floor. though it was fixed, I couldn't get over the mental, like knowing it was bent. I saw yeah. the broken form, so yeah, I fixed it and It's like a it. car after yeah. it's been in an accident. It's never it's, really the same. And I yeah. know what it looked like when I it was know. all dented up. <laughs> so the, the, the black ruby finish, we'll put pictures up. It sounds beautiful. That is exciting. Um, talk to Selmer, see if they'll do like a black emerald or something. Well, you know, finish matters to a lot of people. I had a student who was buying an instrument and she bought a brand new Selmer. There was this gorgeous series two in the music store. Mm -hmm. It played, it played great. I was like, wow, this is awesome. She played on it. She sounded like a million bucks, but she really wanted that brushed finish. Yeah. And I said to her, wow, why wouldn't you just buy this instrument? It's here. It plays great. You sound like a million bucks. Well, I really want that brushed finish. Oh. And it was $750 more to get the brushed finish. And I'll I said brush to her, it for 50. I know. <laughs> well, I told her, you know, if your parents are willing to spring for the extra 750 and if that's going to make you love your saxophone that much more, right. Fine, go for the go for the finish. But I quick found another student who was looking for a new saxophone and got her to buy the one that, oh, that this really student good did. One. Buy. Yeah, well, and the new, the brushed finish one also played just like a dream. Right. So it was great. But I I just couldn't I couldn't bear the thought of that gorgeous instrument being purchased by somebody who wouldn't love it. So I know. Well, I, I had a I similar experience. <laughs> a student at Methodist University that really wanted a new horn. The price range was right at the Yamaha 62 level. Uh, and the 62.3 had horns, just come yeah. out. And so I got her one to try, brought it down, um, drove it down from our local music company that was going to have a great price. And I almost 
wanted to sell my horn body. It was the, one of the best <laughs> playing right. instruments I ever played. And I fell in <laughs> love with it. And she's like, this is great, but I want this special edition. I was like, what's that? And so I talked to the our local uh, guy, and he ordered the special edition 62, and it was poo brown with silver accents. Whoa. And it, <laughs> I love Yamaha saxophones. And yeah. I, you know... But it was maybe the ugliest saxophone I had ever seen, aside from those like red, white, and blue ones. And it didn't play as well. But she just loved the way it looked. You know what? It, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it made it, her it, happy. If it made her happy and made her want to practice, that's all good. Yeah. yeah. It Beauty's did, it, in the eye of the beholder. Wally. Yeah, it didn't make them practice, but it sure did look good. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I'm not kidding. So last <laughs> bit of news this week. So this week, in the I've been checking out, and I'm going to do a video review uh, later, uh, there's a young saxophonist. I say young. He's like mid-20s, I think. So That's young. Young to me. Uh, named Adam Larson. Uh-huh. Um, a guy lives in New York, and he's got an etude book called Leaps and Sounds mm. um, that I've seen making the rounds. I've seen clips of people playing it. And now he's got volume two out. All uh, right. I've been checking out this this week, and I, I don't normally have any interest in etude books okay. for myself personally. Um, like I said, I already know all nine major scales. I know. My learning good. is done. I want to um, know which ones you're not what, playing, Wally. But anyway, I'll bet what it's A flat, F sharp, and C sharp. I don't mess with the <laughs> Harmelodian minor. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> anyway, so this this um, jazz saxophonist has an etude book called Leaps and Sounds. And it's etudes based off of standards. Um, oh. But he really focuses on intervals larger than a fifth. Ouch. So kind of, um, and there's altissimo in it but not too much, and he uses it in a very musical fashion. So I've been, I wanted to just check it out for a review, and I found myself digging in and enjoying it, which I oh. didn't expect. Um, the altissimo use is sparing, and it makes sense musically. Um, <laughs> it, they're challenging, but they're musical. The phrasing is great, and cool. I'm really kind of impressed with it. And he actually does move some of these etudes outside the key of the tune. So the one based off, you know, out of nowhere, it's not necessarily in the key you would play it on. So for their alto and tenor, or whatever saxophone, and I've been having a good time. I'm going to do a, a full review, but volume two is out, and hey. I got to say, I like it. They're challenging, um, but there's actually a lot of good music in here. And, what level uh, student do you think it's good for? Advanced. Okay. Well, it, it good intermediate to advanced, and here's the reason why. There is some altissimo. Yeah. One of the things, I, other things I really like that he does is all the articulation is very clearly marked, and it's good bop That's language. Good. That's good. Um. Anything over four ledger lines, he writes down with an eight VA, oh, which okay. is good because I'm sure you've seen some pieces where the composer writes like nine ledger lines. Yeah, and you're like, come on, don't make me count. You just write in the note names, Wally. Well, uh, I'm not. <laughs> look, if you got out my copy of some of my classical right. literature, you will see the Mine letter too, A, sorry. letter C. How embarrassing! No, I mean you're like, not recording this, right? Yeah, no. Okay, okay. We're just hanging around these. talking. I don't oh, release good. These. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted yeah. to make sure. Yeah. So uh, I like that there's plenty of altissimo. It's used musically. There's not too much, but I think a, a really advanced, a intermediate player could do these. Take the altissimo down, and a lot of the eight VA lines they work down the octave. Okay. So, and I really am impressed with these. So I'm going to check out volume two here shortly. So it's not. This isn't new, but I'm about a year behind on anything related to our instrument. So well, this is new to me, but Volume 2 just came out, so I would recommend checking it out. Fantastic. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes, and that is industry news. Well, so there. And you know, all of our high school students really should be playing altissimo. So That's the high stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I think, especially in if fact. you have an interest in jazz. And I think this would be, also be really good for college classical players that need to start learning Jazz. Yeah, you've got all the articulation written and in. That's really helpful. It really is. And they, yeah. I mean, it's good. It's it's a very modern language. There's a lot of chromaticism. It's not terribly straight ahead diatonic, but it's musical. It's not just, 
stepping out for the sake of stepping out and being esoteric. It's I'm impressed. Cool. I was not. I was wanting to be snarky, but I like it. <laughs> so sorry, Adam. I couldn't be snarky. I haven't met him. I know nothing about him other than he's written a good etude book. Awesome. So that's industry news. Bravo. Now, in the studio, our practice tips this week. Yes. What do you got for us, Sue? I promised last week life changing, to generate wealth, more romantic partners, <laughs> better health and fitness. What do you got? What are we talking about this week? Okay, we're going to talk about. Drum roll, please. Warm-up routine. I love I, 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 I joke, but I love it. Like, well, I, I nerd out on that stuff. it's important. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I feel like when I was a student, you know, my teachers told me to do long tones, and then they told me to practice my altissimo, and they told me to practice my scales. And I did all of that. But I always thought I needed something that was a little bit more organized. Mm-hmm. And so I would make up routines just for myself, which is actually, I think the short answer for everybody is you should just make up your own routine, yeah. you know, and not count on somebody else doing that. But if it's helpful to know what somebody else is doing, then so be it. Yeah. And it changes, right? Right. Through your life, well, what you do when you're in high school, what you do or should do, and what and you do in college, what and what you do what in you grad do now. school, yeah. and then what you do once you have kids and jobs. Yeah. Then. Yeah. If I had, you know, two hours plus every day to play the saxophone, oh, yeah, I would probably spend a good solid half hour at least doing yeah. a, a warm up routine. But, you know, so I start out with some long tones, and I have to do some long tones with vibrato just to kind of get that all working. Yeah, get stuff moving. And, and then yeah. some scales, and I usually try to do some articulation with some of the scales. So that gets worked in at the same time. The thing is we have short amounts of time at this point. You think when you're a student that your time is really short, but you have no idea how little time you're going to have later. Oh man! (laughs) If I knew then. I I have a friend that um, had two kids at the time. I had none. He said, I just don't know how I ever said I was busy before kids. Yeah. And he was right. Yeah, Yeah. he was right. So it changes over time. Yeah. So what are you doing these days? These, you know, I started years ago doing these, what I call finger exercises, just really working to get my fingers closer to the keys and just Mm. going like, you know, just wiggling her left pinky. My left pinky. So just keeping all of my fingers actually in contact with the keys of the saxophone while doing just a half step, then a whole step, Mm -hmm. then a minor third, then a third, but slowly and making sure there was no tension, making sure there was no blip blip between notes and just keeping all of the fingers in contact with the keys because you'd be surprised how far away from the keys our fingers go, even as advanced players. Oh, holy cow! We may know a few people that are very well esteemed that their oh, fingers, their fingers are, are all off. over the place. Well, and if you have great technique and your fingers are flying all over the place, I guess it's not that big a deal. Except for then there's a little bit too much key noise. But also imagine how much faster you could play if you had your fingers. When also, mu- you talk about being keys. relaxed, and this is huge. Um, yeah. I know. Half a, dozen, half a dozen close friends that have performance injuries that are fighting tendonitis of the ah, arms and the wrists. Right. And I don't go into the practice room with them. They ask me politely but firmly to leave. Um, <laughs> but I imagine that it's that tension. You're going in like, I got to work on this piece. I got to work on this set of changes. I have this concert coming up. Yeah. And if you just dig in and start working, yeah. there's a lot of tension in the neck and the shoulders and the... You know, all yeah. those muscle group names. I'll ask my wife what they are later. Yeah, exactly. And then I think it, it manifests itself in our tension in the hands and excess yeah. muscle motion. So I, I love your idea of 
starting relaxed and keeping you gotta relax just- and you gotta stretch. I mean, I realize that now as I get a little bit older that I have to take time to right. to to do some stretches. Otherwise, I really do start to feel like I'm hurting myself. And you can't if you hurt yourself, then yeah, it's game over. So right, don't so do, do you, that. Do you do a little stretching before you warm up? I do. Oh yeah, I just didn't even mention that, did I? Yeah, I do some stretching, and then while I'm warming up, I'll just stop for you know 30 seconds and just just stretch because you you just really the more fine motor motion right. you do and again erica your your doctor wife will tell you more about why that mm-hmm. happens you get a lot of tension in your hand yeah and then after i've done that stuff then i always go and spend say five minutes on some quote-unquote trick or thing that i'm addressing so it could be double tonguing if i'm like oh gotta get my double tonguing back in shape or if i'm trying to work on slap tongue yeah you know i might spend five minutes a day on that or you know there for a while i was really working on low note attacks Right. And so just have a little, you can have a little list of, okay, I'm trying to focus on these things that, that make me feel bad because I'm not <laughs> as good at them as I should be. Yeah. And we really want to avoid those, right? Nobody right. really wants to practice those things that we're not good at, but you have to just address them. So I find that if you just do five minutes a day on those things, it doesn't hurt your ego too much. And right. you'd be surprised how much better you get just five minutes a day, just even put a timer on it. Three minutes. I don't care. It doesn't wow. even have to be five. I love your your idea of doing that at the beginning because you're relaxed. You've stretched. Yeah. You're not stressed yet. You haven't dug into the literature and the music and the chord changes. So you're not, your mind's not clouded yet. Yeah. And it's that kind of fresh beginning, you know, yeah. and then you can relax and really focus on that. Yeah. And so th- with the students, they have to do a lot more time on scales than I do now at this stage of my life. Um, but other than that, they can use a routine that's just kind of like that if they want or whatever problem you're having to address just work it into your routine now today I took out the saxophone and I just charged right into a piece that I've got to learn yeah. <laughs> without doing any warm-up and uh yeah that's not the right way to do it but I had pretty limited time so right. that's that's what I did but most days I try to at least get in 15 or 20 minutes of a solid warm-up first now, do you do any kind of like nerdy so you said you do like um vibrato exercises I do a little bit sometimes I put them I put the metronome on and sometimes I do it without the metronome okay. depending on if I'm feeling good about uh, about how it's sounding. If it's not sounding so great, I turn the metronome off and try to just sound <laughs> decent. Jeez. <laughs> What's the metronome ever done for anyone anyway? Yeah, you know? except for make us feel click, bad. Click, click, <laughs> I'm judging you. That's why I, you can't keep up. <laughs> I gave up metronome years ago. And rhythm sections uh, are surely yeah, appreciative they're, they're, of that. They're, yeah, they're rolling their yeah, eyes yeah, thinking yeah, about yeah. that now. Yeah. I'm two tunes behind. Yeah. <laughs> So oh, man. do you do anything that you consider long tones? Because if you get on the boards, the um, Every Weekend Warrior will tell you, man, you don't need to do anything but long tones. Long tones where it's at. What do uh, long tones mean to you and what do they... I, I just, oh yeah, gosh, long tones. Um, yeah, I figure if I'm playing a scale legato, that's a long tone, isn't it? Right? No, no man. You, oh. you, you get to play it longer. Well, I, I play a few when I'm playing through my reads. I mean, I don't do a lot on long tones. And I don't think I ever really did a lot on long tones. Yeah. Maybe this is too much information and everyone's <laughs> like, that's Sue Fancher. That's why she doesn't play better because she didn't do enough long tones. Nonsense. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly. And, you know... I, I mean, I don't know when you're playing a melody in a, I mean, I do stop sometimes and, yeah. you know, just try, I'll say to my students when they're not sounding good, okay, just, just stop, just play a long tone on a low, a low G and just try to make the very best sound you can imagine. Right. And at, they'll play a, a, a note and you can hear them just making it sound better 
And, you know, I'm talking long tone, like six, seven, eight, nine, ten seconds. Yeah. And then maybe we'll do a couple other tones, but I'll tell them, tell them, you know, periodically during your practice, go back and just play a tone and imagine if, is that really the best sound you could imagine making? Right. You know, and just think, ooh, go back to ooh, think ooh, and, and I don't know. I think that's more valuable than sitting there for a half hour just going, uh... Yeah. Well, maybe I just don't do long tones. Well, you shouldn't right go, uh, you should, you should play your saxophone. No, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but you've got a lot of really great strategies that you do using overtone blowing. And I do some of that with my yeah. students, but I never did a ton of that myself. You know Hemke's way of teaching Altissimo? What was that? Here's a fingering chart. Yeah. See ya. What? And you know what Lundex did to teach Altissimo? Something in French, I imagine. Yeah, probably the same thing in French. Yeah. Here's your fingering chart. Go figure yeah, it out. How do you say here's your fingering chart yeah, in, in French? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I used to know that. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm really, um, I spend way too much obsessing about this kind of stuff. But I actually don't think overtones are best used to teach altissimo. Because in a certain sense, once you're overblowing the palm keys and stuff like that, it's, um, yes, you are voicing. But overtones are great for learning the voicing, the shape of the oral cavity. And what I love most about the overtone work is that when you can play the overtone, and it's basically then becomes like a sign tone. It's a very clean mm-hmm. focus of that fundamental. If you can match the voicing or shape of your oral cavity to that overtone, to the fingered note, I find you get a lot of power, a lot of clarity, a lot of emphasis on the fundamental, and it really sings. Um, and that's where I like to start from. So I spend a lot of time um, recently, and I've started doing it more and more, um, matching overtones and then translating that to the finger things. So cool. I'm r- halfway through a book right now, Resonance, uh, tone studies largely using overtones, tone matching to increase resonance and purity in the saxophone tone. And a lot of what it is is playing folk tunes in altissimo, not altissimo, excuse me, that's completely wrong, in (laughs) overtones. See, I keep thinking overtones means altissimo, and it doesn't for me, but playing folk tunes melodically, linearly with overtones and then translating that sensation to the regular fingered notes. So you would play the folk tune with overtones, then immediately play it with fingered, tones normally and then switch between the two even mid thing and i found that to be incredibly helpful and the other thing i don't like about i'm being very persnickety <laughs> everyone says oh man if you want to do overtones you just got to get the <clears throat> sigurd rasher top tones and it's a great book if you can get yeah. past the the german attitude <laughs> it's it's there's a lot of it's um it's condescending <laughs> I never really thought about that. <laughs> As my students have petulant outbursts saying, are these exercises even possibly? And like, I mean, he's, Oh, he's, yeah, that's true. It does like, say that. It's, there's arrogance in the writing, which is fine. Oh, you know, Rasher, fine. especially yeah. for his time, was it's amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. But they're largely, a lot of the overtone studies I see, they're vertical. It's hitting the overtones of one single note. Yeah. Yep. And then people do that. And then when they approach music, they have that same little glottal punch to each note. Gotcha. So I've started working out a lot of exercises doing overtones in a linear fashion where they're slurred, where you don't reattack each note. Ah. And that for me has been a game changer. And I will be selling the privilege for that game changer (laughs) (laughs) here in a couple months, which I'll talk more about. But yeah, no, I mean, I studied with some old school teachers too that weren't big into that, that overtones. Well, my first, um, the, well, it's not my first saxophone teacher, but the saxophone teacher I had starting in eighth grade, Michael Grammatico, was a rasher. Yeah, a student of a ra- student of a student of Rasher, and so my first book for learning Altissimo was, in fact, the Sigurd Rasher, you know, top tone book, and you know he had me do some overtone blowing, yeah, and then had me, you know, playing Altissimo in eighth grade because, 
that was just part of the saxophone range if you were in the Rasher school of of saxophone playing which is great which is smart and I I still maybe it's because of that background I still think that's the way it should be when as soon as a kid has a a stable amateur they should start learning how to play some notes shape that oral cavity yeah shape that oral cavity and and I said to um, Mr. Grammatical one time years later I said wow that was so great that you had me playing altissimo already in eighth grade because boy that really put me ahead of a lot of other kids when I got to college because a lot of kids were just starting altissimo then it was old hat for me and he said, well, you realize um, the biggest reason that I had you playing altissimo wasn't so much so that you would be able to play all those high notes, but so you would develop your sound. Oh, yeah. So he understood it even then, all that overtone blowing and el- even the altissimo playing as a way of developing the tone yeah. and the embouchure. Yeah, yeah. that's really smart. So that's pretty cool. So you said in high school, definitely you have your students working on altissimo. Yeah. Do you incorporate that into a warm-up or should we? Um I have them working on some altissimo scales as as part of their warm up, yeah, and um or over or um playing octaves, you know, so they can learn the fingerings independent of a right. scale passage, a little bit of that, yeah. They you know those who can do it, and actually there are very few ex- exceptions to the idea that everybody can do altissimo. There's, right. Yeah, I've had students come to me and say, "Well, I've never never learned how to play altissimo." Adult students, and they're the toughest because they're convinced that right. they can't do it, right? Because yes. they never could do it, and right. so they're like, "Well, I was never able to do that. There's just something about me I can't do it." And they always can do and they it. They set that belief. They yeah. always can do it. You can always get them to do it. I'm That's trying to great. think actually if there's any student I've ever had who could couldn't do it, and I don't think so. I can't yeah. think of a single one. Well, that's good. Yeah. Pro- eventually, we we found a way to sneak sneak it in and get them to pop out a note yeah. or two, and then they're like, "Ooh, what was yeah. that?" And you're like, "Well, that <laughs> was an altissimo B." I'm calling an ambulance. <laughs> that's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, if you got a, a, we do have a number of um, beginning students listening around the world. Ah. Indonesia, Malaysia. Awesome. Uh, shout out to Finland. Yay. Um, we've gotten even some fan mail for some some amateur players in the Midwest. Um. If they may not have, say, you, they don't have access to a quality teacher, because like you're saying, we individualize to our players because we're all different. You don't yeah. one workout routine doesn't work for everyone. No, you know, if you're pregnant, you shouldn't be doing burpees. Probably, um, not. you know, and What's same thing, that? same thing. That's an, <laughs> it's an exercise. Okay, <laughs> I'll uh, put a link in the show notes. I will not. It's an exercise that Let's would just... not be a good idea if you're pregnant. Okay, but, but like good trainers, good dietitians, they will yeah. cater to the individual person, and sure. I think. Like you were saying, your warm-ups. You have to look at the student and see with the warm-up. But if you are there any books or anything to recommend for like an amateur that maybe doesn't have access to a great teacher right now? Like where they would begin to find a good warm-up. Or a teacher that just wants to have a good starting point for their young students. Wally, I don't know. <laughs> um, well, I think I think that the standard of playing your scales. Yeah. And even though we don't want you necessarily to obsess about long tones, you know, play a few longer notes to listen right. to your tone. Um, tonguing, you know, even ta 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 or something like that. Or ta 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 Yeah, you know, get the tongue going, get the fingers going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think scales are. A lot of people hate scales, but scales are. I mean, great once you learn them, and they're yeah. they're indispensable for warming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say, um, 
uh, as a starting point, the Larry Teal saxophonist workbook. If you if you have nowhere oh, to start, that's a good. That's a really good place yeah. that does have long tones, tone exercises, vibrato exercises. It's got all this. Well, not all the scales, but it's got a lot of the skills, and it does have articulation patterns. So if you are looking for a starting point for you or your students, I think the Larry Teal saxophonist workbook. I'll link it in the show notes. Is a good starting point. Um, yeah. That being of, said, yeah, any of those elementary, right? You know. Lesson books are good too. The thing yeah. I don't like about the Teal, the reason it's outdated, because well, Larry Teal passed away, so he wasn't able to update it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a great book. It does not include F sharp in the scales, so I <laughs> so you have to add it if you. And we should be taking our skills natural range to F sharp if you have that on your saxophone. Right. So I, I thought you meant just F sharp in general, no. <laughs> and I was like, what? I never noticed yeah. that, that he yeah. left. So no sharp keys. No. That's and it. Only flat. Right. <laughs> oh, the high no. F sharp. Yeah. yeah. I do even... have some students, though, who don't have a high F sharp key. Right. And I so, do kind of let them get away with just going to F, even though they should probably just learn the front Right. F yeah, sharp. yeah, yeah. So the teal does not go to F sharp. <laughs> gotcha. Um, which, and then the scales and thirds and everything. Yeah. So then, then, so then if, you, if you want that, then you go to the Londex, Legam. I don't oh, speak yes. French. But Les gommes. <laughs> yeah, then that does have the F sharp, but it has no option for the kids without it. So right. what we need yeah. is a, a more comprehensive skill book for everybody. Yeah. Um, we'll get right on that. And yeah, just, or, you know, just write them out. Yeah. <laughs> just Or just learn them, Johnny. Well, yeah. yeah. All right. So warm-ups, <laughs> early, often, <laughs> stretching. Do yeah, it yourself. Stretch, yeah. Figure it out. And it should be individualized. I agree completely. Yeah, and it, I mean, if you feel like you really need more structured to your warm-up routine. If you've got a teacher, you know, take 10 minutes in a lesson to tell them that you would like something really kind of more structured and right. they'll probably be happy to oblige. Yeah. But, you know, you could use that 10 minutes of lesson time to do something besides that and just make it up yourself. We should empower our students to make it up themselves. I agree. Yeah. As long as it's like, well, I put my sax one down. Uh, I eat some cornflakes. Mm, I listened yeah. to Wally and Sue's podcast that's and the best didn't way to practice. Warm up. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the only valid excuse. You can do that. Actually, my adult student this last week told me she listened to our podcast, and while she was doing that, she organized her music. Oh, I thought that was cool. Well, I was going to say she closet, should have been practicing. Because the Marie but... <laughs> Kondo, the uh, the tidying up, um, oh, yeah. is huge right now. Yeah. So I have done that to my closet. And I've done it to my saxophone case in my office. Isn't that great? I got rid of anything that does not spark joy. I got yeah. a lot of music in my library I would probably throw out, but I think I yeah. shouldn't. <laughs> I would. <laughs> this piece does not spark joy to eBay with you. Yes, yeah. this one reminds yeah. me of very, very difficult yeah. times. <laughs> Stop cleaning your closet and go practice right. okay. to this adult student. Yes, years. exactly. Yeah. All right. <laughs> And that's your practicing tip. Oh, so we are always, because um, we're busy, day late, dollar dollar short, day late. I can't have, remember what the expression is. We don't is. know what's coming out and what's new. Right. Um, so I've made an effort to find what are some of these good recordings that have come out that are really good that we need to be aware of. And so I talked to the um, director of the Miles Davis Jazz Studies Program. Oh, that guy. That guy. He's tenured. He doesn't need the press, so let's yeah. just leave his name out of it. <laughs> I said, hey, you, what... There's a million recordings coming out um, of, you know, there's these 20-something um, cats. That's what they call them in the jazz yeah, world, cats. cats. And they're in Meow. New York, but if you're yeah. in New York, you just call it the city. The city. Because apparently they're you don't, in the city. The city, because yes. you don't need a yard or a Labrador for life, apparently. Well, I disagree with that. But anyway, there's a million <laughs> of them coming out. And I said, you know, is there something maybe slightly off the, de- the beaten path where it's not the Olympics of how many notes you can fit into 32 bars? that I should be listened to. And he said immediately, yes, you have to check out J.D. Allen, Love Stone. 
Cool. And so I checked it out, listened to it, sent it to you when we've been listening this we week. We checked it out. Yeah. And it's cool. Yeah. And I will say, mm, I listened to recordings partially out of self-loathing. So I listened to these 20-somethings to think like, oh man, they have so much technique. Oh, that's a lot of notes. And it's almost interest. Um, yeah. Almost like seeing like, um, not like a train wreck in a bad way, but it's just exciting. But I don't listen to a lot of modern recordings for sheer enjoyment. Gotcha. And what I love about this recording is it remind me why I love jazz music. Yeah. And it's the kind of recording where I would, after the end of a long week, the kids are finally in bed. I'll pour a couple fingers of bourbon. I will yeah. sit down with my good headphones. Yeah. And this is the kind of album I will listen to for true enjoyment. It's really soulful. Yeah. yeah. And it's um and so JD Allen is um he's not he's not a young guy. He's about our age, okay. which means it's great. So he's lived some life and more importantly, he's got a couple more good decades of playing. Yeah. Which excites me because I can't <laughs> wait to see the next releases. Um Dynamite Tenor Player, a huge warm sound. Yeah. And it's an album of standards and tunes, just beautiful ballads, some yeah. jazz standards. And I think the playing is just really musical. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I loved about it most so was So lyrical. Unlike oh, so lyrical. Yeah. And unlike a lot of these recordings come out, it's none of this playing is meant to showcase virtuosity. Right. None of it. It's it's an album that I don't think he made to impress other saxophonists. Right. Or other jazz musicians. It's just great music. And the tunes, um, Strangers in Paradise, uh, Why Why Was I Born, You're My Thrill, uh, Gone with the Wind. They're yeah. standards of beautiful yeah. tunes. And occasionally there's little bebop bursts where you can see, yeah. of course the guy's got technique. Of course he does, But yeah. it was really an album, the first one I've heard in a while that I just sat down and, and listened to for enjoyment, not just research, just find yeah, out all right, who's yeah, playing yeah. better than me right now, <laughs> um, which is funny. <laughs> that's that self-loathing. Well, we, we listen to recordings. <laughs> it's part of the nature. The minute you, the minute you quit hating your playing, I you don't know. get better. Oh, yeah, geez. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's partly but, true. <laughs> yeah. I like a little demotivational quotes in my life. Uh, um, I, I would really recommend this for saxophonists or just true lovers of jazz. It's yeah. something that's come out and this could stand right along with any of the recordings from the 1950s and 60s that are so dear to me. Yeah. Um, and I think my favorite track on there was um, Come All You Fair and Tender Ladies. It's actually an Appalachian folk tune. Right. And it's this really cool treatment, uh, just very spacious. And overall, I was really impressed with this. What would you, you think, Sue? Yeah, I really enjoyed the playing. I mean, it's just, it's gorgeous in that really deep tenor sound. Oh, it's so it's good. just... Just yeah. hits you right there in the heart. Yeah, yeah. I and love it, it. And the recording quality, because um, oh, we were both gorgeous. we yeah. were both maybe amateur audiophiles. We love good sound quality. Yeah, and it's it's beautiful sound, and you can listen through with good stereo speakers, and the sound stage makes sense. Yeah, the saxophone is placed just beautifully. It doesn't yeah. sound artificial. Um, yeah, I thought yeah. it was just a really pleasant. It sounded great on my stereo, but it was was also okay coming through the the computer speakers. And I yeah. think the engineers really have a tough job these days because oh, they I have know. to make recordings that work in both settings. Right. <laughs> I know. I, I have a friend that's a recording engineer and owns Gate City Studios. Oh, yeah. And I do. I try to do more video stuff now, and I drive him nuts because he'll do this mix like, "Well, you're gonna love this mix." It's like, "Yeah, but it needs to be louder and more compressed." And he's like, "Why?" Like, I know because right. everyone's listening on earbuds in their MacBooks mm. now. Or exactly. their phone, and he or cries. Or even their phone, yeah, I yeah. know. And he cries, then he'll crank the high-end gain. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So I would I would definitely recommend checking this out. I'll put yeah. a link in the show notes. Absolutely. Here's my criticism. Uh-oh. Um, even the album art, I, I love the color. It's a, it's a side profile picture wow, of him. I don't think I even paid any attention to the art. Everything about it, the aesthetics, the branding, I love everything about this album. 
Mr. Allen, if you're listening, he's not. Okay. Um, <laughs> I will say I wish there was a vinyl release. So if you ever did a limited release, oh, it's by it's uh, from um, Savant Records is the label. If they ever did a limited run vinyl pressing, I would buy it in a heartbeat. I would love to hear this on a record. Awesome. I would love to be able to spin that in the needle. And that is our recording recommendation for this week. Yay! Hooray! Woo-hoo. All right. Now we we turn to hey Sue. Yes. You working? Ugh. I'm working. I'm working. You know why we're working? Why are we working? Because we're working pros. Because we're working that's, pros. That's where we Is that put the in. setup for this next yeah. segment? If, that's if, good, If I knew Molly. how to plug in theme music for the different segments, I would. Oh, that's, that's got to come. But I'm, sh- I'm too busy to do the yeah. plug-in theme music. Because so you're a have, working pro. Because I'm a working pro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we were going to talk a little bit more about um, <sighs> career strategies, freelancing yeah. strategies. And we were talking about, maybe talking a little bit more about the, the strategies we use to run our own studios. Now, but if you're an amateur player or a young player, before you tune out and zone out thinking, oh, I'm never going to be working yeah. pro, we're talking about teaching and running a studio this week. And I think almost anyone could get to a place where you can start to teach other people, formally, informally, oh, for man. money or not. I had I had a couple of students when I was a grad student. Yeah. And think, I think I had some students when I was an undergrad, actually, yeah. now that I think back to it. Yeah, you so know, I think we should, a, a oh. studio, what, is, what constitutes a studio? I don't yeah. know, but you know, I was teaching already. Right. Back when I was still student And even myself. if you are a student, these are strategies you can help kind of encourage your teacher to engage in if they're oh, disorganized oh, and a hot a, mess. That's an idea. Yeah. yeah. So w- Or start thinking ahead. Start. Th- yeah, I really yeah. think so. And I think so any how- art form we do should always come from the approach of, can we teach this as well? That helps me learn yeah. if I approach it oh from, could I teach this? Oh, yeah. yeah. Think Which about is- math. No, so, thank, no. <laughs> Are you threatening me? <laughs> yes. I, I feel threatened, and I don't appreciate no, this. No, but if you understand something well enough that you can explain it to another person, then that's how you know right. that you know it. Okay. So, <laughs> geez, Wally. I know. Let's say math may Five, have almost kept me like, in high school for longer than I... <laughs> well, okay. Okay, so what, what are we talking about this week? Managing our studios. What tips you got? There, there are so many different... Things you could talk about with this. You could talk about how do you get students, and you know how Let's did talk you about get your students. Another time. That's what I'm thinking. That's yeah, yeah. another topic for I another love time. Love that what, topic. What I was thinking about um, today was just about oh, this is going to sound terrible, but just payment. Oh, how do you? So get- I used to just, you know, I have my fee per lesson, and yes. I would just have the students come and pay me per lesson, mm-hmm. and. The problem with that is, what do you do if they get sick? Or what do you do if their family suddenly decided to go out of town that weekend? Or uh, they forget, or their saxophone got left at school, and they didn't come for their lesson because of that. So I just was, was, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings if they've studied with me and been one of these people. These week-to-week losers? I know, I'm kidding. (laughs) But you know... I take my weekend, um, I take a weekend off once in a while from teaching, but usually my weekend is devoted to at least a few hours on Saturday and a few hours Mm -hmm. on Sunday to teaching my private saxophone studio. Right. And I love my students, I love my families, but things would come up with them and they Mm -hmm. wouldn't come for their lesson. And I had a a no cancellation or no, no, you know, no miss kind of policy and... Basically, what ended up happening because I'm I'm a really nice person and I'm not really very good at that business end of things. Jury's still out on the nice person part, but go ahead. Okay. 
Yeah, I say I'm yeah. a nice person. Yeah. Maybe far, my friends should. As far as the listener knows. <laughs> as far as you know. Yeah. So, you know, I wasn't very good at saying, hey, you know, I know that, you know, something came up last week, but you still owe me for that lesson. Oh, I know. So basically, I was there. My family couldn't go out of town or, or do anything mm-hmm. together because I was, I had devoted myself to being there for other people's kids. Right. And I was losing a lot of money, quote unquote, losing a lot of money just from that. And plus, it's kind of awkward and inconvenient to get checks and cash every week and have to keep track of like who paid, who forgot to pay. Some people would pay two weeks at a time. And so this year I went to a tuition system. And it's worked obviously It's working great. It's so much better. It's so much better for everybody. It's better for the students too. So I added up, I mapped out which which weekends I was going to teach, which weekends I can't make because I have gigs or right. you know whatever. And I made up a calendar. It took some work, but I, mm-hmm. I made up a calendar so everybody knows when the lessons are for the entire semester. Counted up the number of lessons there would be, subtracted two, and charged you know however much it was going to be for the the semester and then broke it up into three segments so they could pay in three Excellent. chunks yeah. so if you come every week you get two for free yeah and if you miss two well you haven't really paid for them if you miss more than that well it's like tuition if you go to college you don't right. say to the professor well i was sick last wednesday so can i get a refund for that lecture yeah. that I, I mean it doesn't work like that so we yeah. went to a tuition system and it's just way easier for everybody That's, so yeah ooh, i should have done that years ago to piggyback on the paying up front. Yes. And I, so I actually teach a week-long segment on this in my career development course for music majors. Um, we spend an entire week talking about building a studio. And I, there's a lot of people that have tons of rules about their studio. You have yeah. to buy your music. And the meaning I tell you, you have to practice X number of hours a week. I don't care about that stuff. Um, my mentor, Michael Hester, told me not every saxophone student is there to study the saxophone with you. I didn't know what that meant until I, I had a gentleman that um, had a severe brain trauma. Um, oh. meningitis had that super high fever that caused short-term memory loss he needed to get out of the house and just start learning something so i learned yeah. quickly like man it's much more about being human connecting so i let go of a lot of rules but one yeah. that i think is non-negotiable is the payment at least a month up front i like your tuition model even better yeah. and I explain to the students this way this is why so if you played a week to week a student forgets they have a makeup test this has literally happened to me very yeah. recently they forgot they had a makeup test so they don't come to the lesson they say oh i'm so sorry um, um I'm going to use Jared as my pick on name of the week. Jared couldn't come to the lesson this week. We'll see you next week. Okay. Well, the next week you have a 24 hour cancellation policy. The next week they owe you that week's lesson and the previous, right? They should pay you a hundred dollars. Assuming we have the kind of average around this area, $50, the chances of them them bringing a hundred dollar check are nil. Right. And if you have to bring it up, like, I'm sorry, you have to, not only do you owe me for this week, you owe me for last week because you didn't cancel in time. That is not a conversation you want to have. And no, it's like this, yeah, paying exactly. for something, awkward. and if you don't show up or you don't take advantage of it, it stings a little, but most people can deal with that. Yeah. AKA the gym membership. <laughs> <laughs> you buy a gym membership, the gym absolutely requires that not everyone goes, or there's not enough machines. Right. I think like something like, I don't know, 8 to 13% of the people that have a gym membership go with any regularity. Right. But you pay for it, <laughs> and if you don't go, like, well, that's on me. Yeah. So if you pay for the month or the semester up front, and you don't show up, it stings, and you try to do a makeup, and you do your best. Sure. But that paying for it after the fact for something you don't get never goes well. Yeah. Uh, once I had the conversation, like because it happened twice in a row, I was like, I'm really sorry you owe me for last week. And I sent that email, and I thought, like, I think there's a 50% chance 
they will probably quit lessons because it yeah. feels so icky and I didn't yeah. like it. So I'm with you. That's yeah. That's one of the things. It's I'm, just working a lot better. Yeah. So that's a great pro tip. It's for fewer fewer checks for them to write to. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's a win win. So yeah. at least a month up front. Um, and it's interesting. I actually have far fewer cancellations yes. since I started this policy. So the students actually progress more steadily because they're not missing as many yeah. lessons. So yeah, it's a yeah. win-win. That is, and that is an excellent managing your student. And plus, policy. you know, you're trying to pay your bills too. So it's yeah. nice to know <laughs> that the money's going to come right. in regularly. And right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. I tried to break up my, uh, my, um, cell phone bill into four payments a month and they said, they said no, <laughs> they're not going to let you do that. I said no while they pay yeah, it. Right. Yeah. Um, I've got a quick tip to piggyback on that. Yeah, for absolutely. Studio, something I love Google docs. Google Docs. We know it, we love it, we use mm. it. So something that I started doing a while ago was to keep a Google Doc on every student. Every time they come in, you know, I will document what they're working on and their assignment for the next week. And so they can see what we're doing. You share it with them. And if they're a younger student, share it with their parent as well. Uh, a lot of times the parents have no interest and they won't even like ever open right. it. <laughs> um, and that's fine, but at least make sure, you know, you've invited them to it. Um and so it keeps them on track, keeps you on track, and you can actually, I've had some type A students that will actually ask questions in the doc while they're practicing. That's amazing. Which I love. <laughs> but here's the reason I really love it, and this is a tip that I'm going to, not by name, but call out some of the previous teachers that I've worked with. That, in another thing, when I teach my career development class, I tell my students that when you teach lessons, you're selling an hour or half hour of your life. Yeah. The only thing you truly have is your time and you're selling it. it means you need to charge a fair rate. Yeah. I want to tell them in our area, you need to be charging $50 an hour. They look like their heads are about to explode. They go, I yeah. can never do that. Yeah. And I say, part of the reason you can do that is if you operate like a $50 an hour brand, you're worth it. And one of the ways is to actually document and be organized. Yeah. And here's what I mean. So if in the document, you know what that student's working on, don't do this. Nothing kind of hurts my feelings a little bit more when I was younger or even in grad student. I would show up for a lesson and the professor's like, oh, what are you working on? What are we doing? Oh, goodness. And that made me feel just like, man, that, like, I've had, you've had no thought about me all week long. Wow. I'm not saying you need to be writing sonnets about your students, but it would yeah. show up and it was like, kind of like, oh, yeah, that's right, we're working on this. And then, once again, it had such a contrast with my guru student, uh, my guru teacher, Michael Hester. Yeah. Go to the foothills of Tucson and watch the wildlife and have these great lessons. Every time I would show up to this teacher... Um, they would say, you know, how's the Ishin Sonata going, Wally? I was thinking about that, and, you know, I was interested yeah. to see where you were, you know, this week. And it made me feel, it made me feel loved, man. <laughs> no, I mean, like, kidding aside, like, it really thought, like, man, I feel valued. And I thought, like, that's one of those things students can do, or young teachers, to elevate their brand. Give a crap about your students. And so I think going into the lesson and being able to look at the Google Doc and knowing before they step into the lesson, um, what they're working on, and maybe think about it a little. So here's my recommendation. And I started doing this because I took my own advice because I found myself teaching at a university not that long ago, like, oh, yeah. what are you working on? And, you know, yeah. and I, I didn't want to be that. So before your teaching day starts, here's my recommendation. Wally's hot tip. You could send your payments via PayPal for this tip. Um, <laughs> open up the Google Doc for that day. And I keep a folder with each day. So my Tuesday students have a folder, Tuesday students. And I constantly have a refreshment. And just quickly brush up what each student's working on. And so yeah. when when Jared comes in, say, Jared, man, how those uh, how those harmonic scales going? Yeah, right. You know, you got all <laughs> you have all nine of them learned, and just let your students know that, like, yeah, you are thinking about them. You you are keeping up with it going on. That's my hot tip for the week. That is absolutely mm. essential. I do that on paper because I'm old school. So but you do the notebooks. I have a folder oh, on every that. single student, and it never occurred to me not to have anything. I'm thinking back at, while you're talking. I'm like, have I ever had a teacher who didn't keep a notebook on me? And I don't think so. I've had several. 
Wow. Yeah. And it did not. That's amazing. It didn't feel good. I was in a job interview once and somebody asked, well, you know, do you ever forget what a student's working on? And I said, well, no. And they were a little taken aback. Like that sounded kind of arrogant. And I said, well, I keep a notebook (laughs) on everybody. It's not that I remember. It's just, (laughs) I look through, I look through my notes and in the hour or whatever, before the the students come in, I read them through. So who doesn't do that, Wally? Okay. No, we're not naming a name. name. Yeah, no, absolutely. Know what your students are working on. Yeah. Yeah. And because during the week you got to think about them and what piece, oh, you know, there's this piece that they're working on. It's not really, they're not really, it's not clicking. It's not clicking. It's not working. I need to think of something else. I'm always thinking about repertoire for my students. You know, they're finishing up, you know. Yeah. What are they going to do next? What's next? And have it written like, oh, what should we do? Let me go digging through my filing cabinet for 15 minutes while yeah. I eat up your list. Now. Yeah. So the preparation, right. whether it be a notebook oh my goodness. or Google yeah. Docs. Yeah. So I guess what you're saying is, you know, got to earn that money. Right. Yeah. We yeah, actually, or like, you yeah. know, my students, they say, I couldn't possibly charge that. I was like, people that I know charge that and they don't take the time and energy to make themselves a $50 an hour brand. Yeah. But it's not even the $50 an hour during the lesson. You're thinking about them other times. So right. they're getting, they're really value. getting a deal. Yeah. So if you want to oh, charge more yeah. for lessons, create more value. Yeah. That's what it does. You know, Be good. And yeah. yeah. And so that's the Corinthian leather for your studio. That's that one of those things you can do to create value. Yeah. Guess what time Great it is. Tips. What time yeah, is what it? Time is, it's time for open the mailbag. The mailbag. Now you can't see it, but I actually went to um, the thrift store. I bought a, a vintage mailbag. Awesome. A canvas mailbag, which it's I'm really cute. opening now. <laughs> uh, inside I have letters. Now I got emails, but I printed yeah. off the emails, put them in a self-address okay. envelope, mailed them to myself, then put them in this vintage mailbag. All right. So we can call it a mailbag segment. Okay. Because it's really cool to be able to call it a yeah. mailbag. <laughs> yeah. Because I certainly did not just print out emails. That no. is not what is happening. No. So we have a question. Um, Syed from Malaysia. I'm going to let you handle this one. Uh, uh, said, hi, I'm a beginner and I've been playing alto sex for three months only. I would love to have a structured detailed practice routine as how long I should practice my long tones and how long I should practice scales daily, weekly, monthly, etc. cetera. Um, I can basically dedicate approximately one hour a day. Thank you and looking forward to your advice. Syed from wow. Malaysia. So first of all, as a three beginner, three months he's been playing three months, and, and he wants organized. to play an hour a day, and he's organized enough to ask this yeah. question. I'm oh, impressed with is, that. I want to have the student. Yeah, said so oh, fly to America. Wow, yeah. And uh, we'll can t- a, can up. somebody who's played for three months can they play for an hour? I, that was going to be that, my first thing. Yeah. Was like, so Syed, um, I'm going to recommend don't try to play for an hour right off the bat. Unless um, you can, don't, break, hurt yeah, don't hurt yourself or start pinching. That's yeah. what I'm worried about. If you get, if your embouchure muscles get tired, you might start kind of pinching, and that's yes. no good. And most Take breaks at least. Breaks. Take and breaks, if you yeah. do get hurt, Syed, we are not legally uh, liable. No. I just want to make that very clear for right now. Um, <laughs> do you have, do we attor- have lawyers on on staff here? Both my brother-in-laws are attorneys. Okay, perfect. So I can hit them up all the time. Oh, poor yeah. Syed. Yeah. But this is great. So you're going to start out by just. Picking some notes and playing them, holding them. You know, like in those beginner book, books, I call them the footballs. You know, the oh, whole, yeah, yeah, the yeah, whole yeah, notes. Yeah. You're going to just play some whole notes and then try to do some half notes and tongue them. It picks yeah. some, you know, low G, high G, stay in a nice range, do some tonguing. Uh, I hope you have a teacher that's helping you tongue correctly. Yeah, that's big. Just like, yeah. Okay. Too, that's hard to I describe will say, over the phone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
you ever taught you, uh, you've taught summer music camps before? Yeah. yeah, a lot of them. You know, have you ever taught? I taught one the, the largest in the country where you'd have like thirteen thousand students in a week, and it was Whoa. you'd have a lot of kids that have never taken a lesson before, and articulation was the biggest, toughest thing. Yeah, right off the bat, um, fixing the articulation because, like you said, you can't see inside their mouths. No, well, not legally anyway. And it's they always like they always give you weird looks when you stick your finger in their mouth, you know. So like Ew. I quit doing that. Yeah. So w- I save time, which whenever a student I would try to fix it, then I would send them away. There's it's really dorky, but I'll dig it up and put it in the show notes. Um, a video of Eugene Rousseau. This video is called "Steps to Excellence." It was an old VHS oh, that's tape. Great. And his artic- his uh, explanation of articulation with a chalkboard diagram, and his you know his aristocratic explanation it yeah. really is good it's very clear yeah. so i will link that in the show notes syed so you can check that out make sure you're telling correctly yeah get um, a good get a good a good lesson book and then maybe the supplemental studies yeah. that go with it and play some tunes play some etudes so play some familiar tunes but yeah. also play some etudes you're not familiar with so you're really reading yeah. but work on you could work on playing trying to play a tune by ear that's oh my excellent. goodness yes yeah. syed find music you like and learn it playing by ear. Absolutely. An hour a day, you are going to just rock. Yeah. I would recommend not spending any more than half of that time doing warm-ups. And I love your your initiative to do warm-ups. But remember, music should be enjoyable. We we do these warm-ups and fundamentals not to do them, but we do them to make us better at playing music actual music yeah. which is the reason i hope most of us picked up the instrument yeah um which some oh, of us gosh. can lose sight with when we get to the practice room olympics and you know we oh, get into yeah. the fundamentals and we want to play higher faster louder we forget that like oh yeah music should be fun and I beautiful wonder if, he can, if he's got a school band or something like that so that'd I'd, be great yeah so i'd write us and let us let us know like yeah yeah or if you have a qualified teacher in your area it's fun to play with other people yeah yeah. But you got to find some people that also are going to play an hour a day so the, yes. they keep up with you. Wow. Yeah. He's going to be a really good player if he yeah. plays an hour a day. Oh, I know. I should be so lucky. So I don't she. have children. <laughs> I said he, but I don't know. Yeah. Could be a she. So, yeah. So, yeah. Also, I'll send a link to the video to make sure you're talking collectively. No more than half of your time doing that, long tone skills, and also a link to the Larry Teal book. If you got to the point where you can read the notes out of the Larry Teal Saxon's workbook, that's a great place to start. Yeah. And it's actually sequential. It starts with the tone, then adds the vibrato, and then gets to the yeah. scales. So if you just follow, the, and then it adds the articulation pattern. So if you've just followed the structure of that, um, I think he's going to be good to go. Once How he's long should there. you wait before you start working on vibrato? That maybe varies from mm. player to player, but I would yeah. I would play straight tone for a while. Right. Don't worry Get about vibrato solid. yet. Yeah. yeah. But but then yeah. And once again, if you hurt yourself trying vibrato, oh yeah, that's not our fault. We are not legally liable for that. So <laughs> great question. Start doing that. Fantastic. And if you want to take a video of yourself doing these things. Uh, email it to me, Wally at GateCitySucks.com, um, and I can forward to a student, and we're happy to give you feedback and, and check out what you're going. Uh, this is not a question. It's a comment, and this is inspiration. Two points of inspiration, Sue. So you talked about ensemble playing yeah. last year, how to find an ensemble, getting with that, and you also talked about playing slow. Well, you inspired Karen from Moscow, Idaho. Yay, Karen. Which is apparently a place. That's cool. I kid. I Moscow, know that. I have a friend Idaho. that actually went to school. Uh, there's a big university in Moscow, is Idaho. Is there? Yeah. Wow. I don't know why it's called Moscow, Idaho, but Karen emailed me and let me know. She's retired, she's learning the saxophone, and she's inspired to practice more slowly because what you said made a lot of sense to her. Awesome. Me, not so much. Uh, and she <laughs> has this goal of uh, joining the community band, her local community band, which oh, I think is... that's great. Nothing makes more music more fun than playing with other people. So fun. And to that end, I actually had a colleague email me and said, hey, Wally, you want to get a quartet together? <gasps> And I don't, I don't. <laughs> you don't want but, to be in a quartet. But a colleague of mine um, that I got my doctor with, he reached out. Um, well, that's cool. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. There are a I lot have, of saxophone players in our area. Uh, so, it's weird. So they're going to find they're going to find a player. I uh, know. 
I'm kidding. I actually am going to do it. But you no, do but it, it was yeah, just yeah. that our conversation <laughs> last week has inspired people to join community bands, yeah. and I may be playing in a Yay. chamber ensemble because I just you know I never oh, that's with kids great. and stuff I haven't prioritized it. So yeah. thank you for your inspiration. It's hard to find the time, but it's just I mean playing with other people. It's so good for your playing. Yeah. And playing with Labradors, too. So don't live in New well, York, yeah. get a backyard, and also get a Labrador. <laughs> Those two things can actually scientifically prove and make you live long and happier. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have any questions, look us up on social media, send yeah. us a message, send me a note, uh, an email, and we will answer your questions on the air. And we'll give do you, our best. Do our best to give you <laughs> a non-legally binding advice. Yeah. Sue? Wally. Happy Valentine's Day. Hope you have happy a great Valentine's week. Happy Valentine's Day. Have a great, great day. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye.